Merry Christmas, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. I am still Jason. And I am John. And we are here to talk hockey. We are here to talk UNO hockey. Specifically. That's right. We had it. This was kind of a rare, kind of close to Christmas series. We don't normally have series this. A lot of times we'll have series right around New Year's. And of course, we'll always have, you know, kind of a rotating series right after Thanksgiving. But we right. don't always have one this close to Christmas. So this was, this was kind of a new thing. I really thought you were going to say that this is weird because it's not snowing outside right now. Oh, it is weird that we're doing the podcast and it isn't snowing. I know. That's yeah. just strange. You and I were thinking, you were you were probably worried about that man. It's going to snow and John's going to call. John's going to phone in the podcast again. <laughs> like actually phone it in, not like, you know, phone it in. I mean, like phone it in. No, we, we do that. We do that plenty as it is now. Eh, we're just phoning this in. Yeah, let's just wing it. Let's just, let's go start talking see what happens. Who needs a script? Who needs a script? We have no script, script by amateurs. the way. Yeah. Some people have asked us if we do script this, but quite oh, honestly. Yeah, I get that a lot. You know. We like, just. Yeah. BS our way through Yeah, everything. we just make it up as we go along. That's right. So that's how we get through life. That's how we roll on this podcast. That's how we roll on the podcast. That's how we roll in life. So on top of it not snowing, so John didn't have to slide his way here. Yes, exactly. For, for everyone listening, you can't, you have no way of knowing this, but John's sitting in a different seat for this one, and I think I've got him thrown off. Yeah, he Jason hadn't hadn't done this for a long time, and then all of a sudden, just so you know, you're going to be sitting over here by the iMac today, and I'm going to be sitting where you normally sit. And like I told him, it reminds me of when I was in elementary school and the teachers would switch up like the arrangement of the desks in the classroom. Sometimes you'd have long rows and then they do them like in little little four-person squares. And it would completely throw me off when you would come back from like the weekend and the desks would be different. And you're like, what kind of, you know, evil hmm. wizardry is going on here? What did my teacher smoke before? Doing so I have, no, I have no idea what he's doing here. I think he's just, you know... Keeping you on your toes. Yeah. Well, if I mean, if I get really mad about something, I'm close to the mouse here. I can just turn this thing off and then we're <laughs> going to be done with it. So if this podcast ends abruptly, <laughs> John hit a button. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, at the, Jolene will probably show up at home at some point. Normally she'll, you know, not normally, but every once in a while she'll walk down the stairs and she'll like signal you. And I'm the one looking at her this time. <laughs> so I'm going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know these hand signs. Maybe that's why Jason planned this. I uh, plan saying I planned something is kind of <laughs> a stretch. No, I don't. You know, I don't know. I got a thought in my head and I ran with it until someone told me to stop. That's right. So Arizona State came yeah. to town. Arizona State comes in. They've kind of become sort of a little. I don't know. I don't think you'd call them a rival. I don't want to hear have a bunch of debates online about that. But we've played them a lot the last two seasons. We played them yeah. twice last season. Twice last season. We did so home and home with them. I think we had heard going forward from Gabinette that we were going to be playing Arizona State like every season now going forward. Yeah, I, he said at one of the dinners yeah. that he wouldn't be opposed to that. I don't know that they have it planned. I, th I think he had said that they were going to play them every season. Now, I don't know if that's, you know, hard and fast or if. I don't know that they've set schedules that far. I mean, it's hard to know enough to know. I mean, they they may have a standing agreement that yeah, yeah, we want to you know both teams want to do this, but ultimately it's going to come down to you know what works. Yeah. And I know we we had said you know on the last podcast that you know, there's some 
oddities with this being a four o'clock in the afternoon game on a Sunday and that, and you know, apparently it worked out because schedule wise and stuff, they didn't want to do it after Christmas. And that meant that they had to deal with two things. One was commencement at UNO. Right. And uh, and UNO basketball. Yeah. On Saturday. The other thing that they had to deal with was Arizona State having finals week. And apparently they had requested that they be able to travel on Friday instead of travel on Thursday to not have to deal with rearranging finals and and things like that for their players. So I'm like, I don't know how much of that... You know, rumored stuff gets true, but it does yeah, cause I mean, commencement. Some certainly was things. an issue. Although was commencement early in the day or was it in the evening? It's Friday, but I mean, you still like it. It's the more time you have, the the yeah better your facility is going to be. I mean, it's one of those things. Like, yeah, you could turn it around in you know eight hours or something like right. that or whatever they need. Um, but certainly, if you could turn around in eight hours and then you know let the ice kind of. Yeah, it's hard to know because we, we've been to basketball games where they've, you know, had an early basketball game, yeah. like I think at noon or something, and then they, they turn it around and they play hockey that night. So I, don't... I think it's odd. I don't know if it's odd. It may be something that kind of led to Friday nights or Saturday nights because it's the first games. Um, <laughs> I, st- I don't know that I'm ever going to get over this. The first game's kind of a weird bounce game. Like I thought that UNO played extremely well that game. They they almost put fifty shots on goal, so they had every opportunity to win. It was just some really odd bounces. It seemed like the guys were kind of fighting the puck a little bit. Um, even things like on the faceoffs, I, I, the puck was bouncing very weird. And I don't know if they yeah, needed I more mean, ice in the chest or what. I mean, but... maybe you'll always hear about that when you have a lot of events and you they're playing basketball over. Right. Is the ice going to be soft? That's always a that's always a kind of a common concern. I don't know that that was the issue, but it was weird. I mean, we we put up almost fifty. I mean, we basically outshot them two to one in that game. Yeah, forty eight was it? The last I saw, I think it was like forty eight twenty six, maybe. Yeah, it was crazy. It was a crazy high number of. We had forty eight. I know that was uh, Omaha Hockey's Twitter page tweeted that out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. That's crazy. I mean, we haven't. I don't think put up that many shots this year. I mean, we, you would normally assume if you put up that many shots in a game that you're going to win. However, you know, there've been seasons where we've been outshot, you know, consistently by opponents and Mm -hmm. we've ended up winning the game. So you just, that's always kind of one of those fluky little stats. Yeah. USCHO has it 48, 21 in favor of Omaha and shots. Okay. So yeah, that's just one of those peculiar little things and, Penalties were pretty even that night, too. And I'm... It was weird, though, that you had those penalties at the end of the game, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But, you know, the game got off to a good start on Friday night. You had Nolan Sullivan, unassisted. I'm saying the right night, day, Saturday night, Friday night. I don't know. (laughs) The first game. The first game. I'm so thrown off by that. Yeah, that was a that was a good goal. That was a beautiful then... goal. He he basically he took the puck away from the Arizona State player mm-hmm. in the neutral zone, and he took it in all alone uh, on the Arizona State goaltender. And he kind of like a little nifty move. He moved out kind of wide on the side of the crease, and then he popped that thing in. That was a great goal to get things started for UNO. And considering the way that they were playing 
early on in that game, I thought this looks like it's going to be a good night for the Mavericks. Yeah, I think, and then a few minutes later, Zach Jordan dumps one in, and UNO's up 2-0 in the second period. I thought we played a good first period leading into that. So, oh, yeah, my apologies. That was the second period when Nolan Sullivan yeah. got that goal. It ended 0 0 after the first period. The teams were the team was playing well, they had a lot of opportunities that yeah. first period. Don't, don't, didn't you, wouldn't you agree? I mean, UNO had a lot of prime chances that first period, but nothing went in. But you're fine, it's 0 0 after one. Yeah, I mean, we were double digits on shots, yeah. They were, they were on the puck, they had opportunities. Yeah. But you know, I heard uh, in the post game after Saturday's game. Uh, coach was talking about puck luck, kind of. Yeah. And, you know, he said, he said, you know, sometimes you just have to roll with it. And one of the things that they've been kind of um, preaching to the kids and stuff is that to the guys that you, there's things in the game that you can't control. Exactly. You can't yes. control some of those balances. I heard those same comments too. Yeah. Right. And it's nothing that, you know, casual fans haven't said, but. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just one right. of those things you always have to remember is that there's some things you can control and some things and, you can't. And the, the big thing with this team, and I think you would agree, is is you look at like that Miami series last month. It's they've got to keep from getting rattled yeah. when things don't go their way. Because sometimes with this team, I feel like they get they get rattled, they get or or they get pissed off, and it just emotion right. kind of goes the wrong way for them. And it's not like you know. Stay steady. Keep what you're doing. And last year, that was, I think, one of our big problems. That was a huge was issue. That we'd get down and then we'd start to just make really bad yeah, mental bad errors. And then we're yeah. down by even more. And it's yeah. like this never-ending cycle. And, and this year, the team seems quite a bit more resilient to that. Uh, but, yeah, it it was a strange thing. and I And I look at it going... There were there were balances that were in favor of the Mavs on on Saturday, and there were balances that were in favor of Arizona State on Saturday. Right. The difference in the game seemed to be that when Arizona State had those opportunities, right, they resulted in goals, and UNOs a lot of times resulted in sometimes a scoring chance that you know had a chance, but, you know, someone blocks a shot or someone, you know, the goalie just comes up with a big right. save or something like that. Um, and some were just, it was, it was almost like our mental mistake was we just didn't make a good choice on the shot selection and stuff when we got turnovers and things like that. So I think one pass too many yeah. or waiting too long, you'll have those moments. And if you look at that game, it was like, like the first period and a half on Saturday, they played really, really well. And then the latter half of the second period, that was the the point when, you know, Arizona State got what two goals within three minutes or some ridiculously low number. Or was it three goals within two minutes? I mean, it was crazy how right. it was just like Bing, Bing, Bing. Yeah, which was, which was really funny because we were sitting up there in the seats with the people by us, and someone had mentioned that the two goal lead is the most dangerous in hockey. And someone had said, well, why is that? And I'd explain like, I'm literally explaining to them because you have two goals. So if you let one in, you think you're still okay. And then a lot of times you find that the team lets another one in pretty dang quick. And that was right when they scored their second goal. Yeah. It was literally just, as it I was, was saying it, it was, and it was like, and that's the reason why it was. Yeah. It was, you know, Arizona state scored at the 1052 market mark in the second, then at the 1138 market, Mark, market, mm-hmm. not market. I've got Christmas <laughs> on the brain, apparently. Mark. And then 
you had the, the second their second goal right and then and then 12 26 so less than a minute after that yeah they got three in less than two yeah and then at the 1655 mark you have johnny walker put in a goal and at that point it's four to two so at that point we're thinking oh maybe this isn't uh <laughs> four unanswered goals was tough especially when you have a 2-0 lead Right. It was tough, but the team fought back. They came back. They tied it, and then they, and that's the thing is I, I mentioned the difference being those weird things. The the game winning goal, shorthanded, yep. is the result of just one of those weird things. The defenseman gets his legs kind of tangled up underneath him. It's not a penalty. There's nothing to say. It was no. just a unfortunate thing that he falls down and Away goes the Arizona it's, State it's, guy. It's like in tennis. It's sort of like what they refer to as kind of an unforced error. That's right. exactly what happened. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously, should UNO have been in that position where they, you know, gave up four unanswered goals after a 2-0 lead? Probably not. But that's that's kind of what the team is, is like. It's kind of like a yo-yo right now with UNO or a roller coaster where it's... You know, the highs are really high, and then the right. lows are really low, and they're just kind of up and down and up and down, and that's kind of the adventure that we've seen the first half of this season. So, you know, you just kind of have to roll with it and, and hope that the team takes advantages of the opportunities that they have. I didn't think Arizona State looked great on Saturday night. I don't know about you, but, I mean, I thought they were just, they seemed like they were an opportunistic team. They took advantage of the opportunities that they had. They did not seem like a top 16 team to me no and i don't know if they just came out and played flat if it was yeah or if they struggle with the way that we play i don't know yeah who knows but as coach gabinette said as coach gabinette said they they like to you know score in transition and we let them establish their transition game and that was yeah that's the one thing that worried me about saturday was three of those four goals that came in a row were unassisted goals and a lot of times what that means is that you're making a poor decision in the transition game that leads, you know, a player to an open an open opportunity. Right. Or in our case on a couple of those you made poor decisions and turned the puck over in prime scoring opportunities. Right. Like you've got to you've got to stop shooting yourself in the foot at some point in time if you're going to make a run at this. If you're serious about wanting to be successful in the postseason. Right. You know, you get up by two goals and you have to be able to play mistake-free hockey. Yeah, because we've seen moments over the course of this season and last season where you and I will get in one of these kind of these, you know, duels where it's, you know, goal, 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 where, you know, 10, 11 goals are scored. The problem with that is that from it's just hard for a team to constantly have to come back from those kind of deficits. And emotionally, I think it's a, it's a difficult situation to put yourself in where you get a lead and then you give up a lead and then you may come back and tie up a game like this one where Arizona state led four to two. And sometimes that can create kind of magical thinking where you think, well, we may be down or even if we have a let up and we get down, we can, you know, we can always come back Mm -hmm. and that's going to become tougher as the season wears on. As you know, when, you know, kind of, mid to late February rolls around, there are certain teams, especially the teams that have an opportunity to make a serious, you know, NCAA tournament run, they're going to start to play better defensive hockey. And so it's going to become harder and harder for a team like UNO 
that seems to like to run up and down the ice with their opponents to uh, have success in that type of a game, if if you know what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Totally. So yeah, it was a t- it was a tough one, it and that a- that shorthanded goal. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a tough loss. Uh, you know, after that goal, they made a good push and right. had some opportunities, and then they got in a fight. And then they got in a fight, yeah. Or I guess technically it wasn't listed as a fight. It was a wrestling match. It was, By yeah. two guys that apparently cross-checked each other. Yeah, there were some chippy moments in the series for sure. So, yeah, I know. Yeah. It was yeah, I know. Arizona State. I know. We've got to not let that kind of get under our skin. I know that that's hard, but... It seemed like towards the third, it was starting to get away from the referees. I yeah, I would agree with that. They're in a bad position of you know what do you call to kind of regain control? That's not going to change the game, and, and it's it's difficult, I think, to be in their position at that point in time because you could. I'm sure that they can kind of feel it slipping away, and then you know last face off draw, last two actually. Uh, UNO had pretty good opportunities off of them, and the last one Ward takes it, and it's it's the battle and the dot that ends up with apparently a couple cross checks. But yeah, I know that was a weird way to end the game. Both of those players got major penalties, and then there was no handshake at the end. There yeah, was no stick salute, which which you know, UNO's we... always done after the game. Yeah, that was which I understand why they wouldn't do the, the handshake. handshake but i don't understand why they didn't give them the opportunity to do their end of game salute thing yeah i don't know if that was like we just want to get off the ice and avoid yeah. any more drama which was probably but a smart idea but you get you get arizona state off the ice and let uno do their thing like i don't think that that's an absurd thing to say no. as referees is look we're not doing the handshake line just get off the ice they're doing their thing. Did you know how casual their coaching staff was dressed this weekend? Not casual. They looked cold. They looked cold. They, they had were, they jacket, were wearing like winter coats. jackets on. And they have like, they may have been wearing slacks, but they were wearing like the, you know, black tennis shoes with the white soles that are very popular right now. And I'm like, it's like, you know, apparently it's casual Saturday and casual Sunday. I don't know. I, I haven't watched them that much. I mean, maybe they just, you know. We, li- we, live, we live in Arizona where we wear, you know, shorts and t-shirts most of the time. So... You know, whatever. They, they, they come from where it's like 60 degrees and it's a cold well, Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they and... were freezing this. I'm sure they were freezing this weekend here. I don't know. I just noticed that. I'm like, wow, they're really... I remember Coach Kemp had told us that one time because somebody had asked the question. They're like, you guys always... This is one of those kind of funky questions that people would ask, but I, it was actually kind of had an interesting answer where do you guys always wear suits when you're standing behind the bench? You and the the assistant coaches. And he said there was one time when he was an assistant at Wisconsin that they apparently like wore like kind of the track suit look with the, you know, matching tops and matching wind pants. And Mm -hmm. he's like, we did that for fun one time. And I don't know, maybe it didn't go over very well or not, but you do kind of wonder because like in, in college football, you don't see coaches wear like suits anymore. They all wear like the licensed apparel, the, polos the pants the pullovers that kind of Hoodies. stuff yeah. so yeah so it does make you wonder they always wear but yeah definitely you know coach powers and his staff were wearing winter coats they were cold i don't know so sunday the mavs come out and kind of avenge the loss the i'd say the start thing that got me was to see ward on the ice because 
it was my understanding that if you get a major penalty after the whistle, which is what they got on Saturday, that you were suspended for the next game. Now, see, yeah, Bridget said she read somewhere, and again, I, you know, Jason and I don't want to get dinged on this. We're just speculating as we talk here. But Bridget said she had read that the NC the NCHC doesn't automatically. Um, disqualify a player in that situation for the next game. I don't know if it's because it was a non-conference game or, or whatever, but, um, you know, because it wasn't a game disqualification that. Because it wasn't a misconduct. It didn't. Right. They weren't going to do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a weird one. Cause you, you're looking as a referee, like the game's over. So, you know, there's no point to this. Like it doesn't accomplish anything no matter you know what you assign essentially. Yeah, I think so. They were what's probably the just point to, to say, looking at what, it what, and what, saying, calling it this was this was bad enough to you know penalize each player for five minutes that they'll never serve. Yeah, I know. Why not just it give didn't them affect the outcome two minute of the game roughing? Yeah, that's done. that would have made more sense. I think. Yeah, because it would have yeah, been exactly. like, all right, look, here's the deal. You guys are stupid. You need penalties. This is what you're getting now. Just yeah, be a man about it. Move on. Right. Yeah. As opposed to this, like, you know what? We're going to take a look at this. Yeah, that was really bad. They're, those were really bad cross-checks. Let's give them five minutes each for cross-checking. It's like, really? I mean, there were there were punches thrown. They were rolling on the ice. Like, granted, the gloves did not come off, but I've never understood that one. Like, a guy could literally punch another guy in the head, you know, a dozen times as long as his glove's on. It doesn't count as a fighting penalty. Like, yeah, you know, I know. There's always a lot of weird and kind of subjective we had that happen going on in sunday's game the oh i'm trying to remember if it was sunberg or not uh who was it oh uno players in 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 the front of the net and the arizona state player comes over puck you know gets caught stop a play whistle goes arizona state player kind of cross checks him he pushes him back it's kind of the usual stuff right the Arizona State player cross check, like stick to the to the cage, no call. Then punches the guy, no call. Punches him again. The ref finally decides to call it and gets another shot in. And I'm thinking, okay, give him five for fighting. Give him. I mean, he's clearly like throwing punches at a guy that's not willing to engage in that, and is just trying to be you know, go away from it. And they give them two minutes for the cross check. They don't even review it for contact to the head. Like the definition of contact to the head four times in a row. And we don't even get a review to see whether or not it should be a major penalty and throw them out. No, I don't understand. This is the, this is the inconsistencies in refing that drives me crazy because that to me is textbook. The guy's not, you know, I let you get a couple shots in. Fine. I get it. You know, you don't yeah. want to, you know. But the other player is not willing to combat. He's now in a position after the first couple that says, I am not willing to get into this with you. Right. So I am now as that player in a vulnerable situation where sure. I am not preparing myself for the for the, the contact that's going to come. Right? Yeah. And the principal point of contact is the head. Yeah. It is a penalty where the principal point of contact is the head. Definition of contact to the head. It should have been, he should have been kicked out. I'm sorry. I just look at that going, I don't see how you don't look at that play and say, 
that sh- that should have been game misconduct gone yeah i mean as you and i talk about i officiating the last few years has not been an enjoyable it's process tough. to watch and it's tough and it, it's as time goes on it's you know it depends because like in nchd play a lot of times they'll call every little thing and so it's a little bit irritating because you kind of look at the situation and you're like you know we talked about this last season i don't necessarily want to have a situation where everything is called because then it turns into a the type of game where you know teams can't play hard they can't play physical but you're right with some of those things they're always really concerned about protecting the player protecting about their head they're concerned about hits from behind those are always points of emphasis right now so which is fine i don't if you want to call a game really tight and say I'm calling everything, everything fine, but you've got to do it on both teams. Yeah. My problem with our with the refereeing last year and so far this year is not the calls that it's not it's not the calls that they make necessarily as it is the inconsistencies. Like it's they called UNO a couple times for hooking and I saw Weiss come down and cut in, and the guy's stick went in between his hands, and he pulled the hands away. It resulted in a turnover and transition for ASU the other way. And that doesn't get called. And Weiss was livid yelling at the ref. And I'm just sitting here going, you literally just minutes before that had called Omaha for hooking. When did Abate have that elbowing? Oh yeah, behind him. the play and the was that Saturday or Sunday? It's all Sunday. starting up. To... That's what I thought. I did not see that, but it was it was. I mean, I, I when I'm saying I didn't see it, I like I didn't. It was see behind what happened. the play. It was a stupid like you just okay. don't take that penalty. But yeah, okay. it was okay. Yeah, which the whole weekend our power our penalty kill was pretty good this weekend. Yeah, it absolutely was. And both games were these barn burner games. So yeah. you know, on Sunday. You have another, I mean, 12 goals were scored. <laughs> Somebody was asking the last time UNO had scored that many goals, and it's it's been a while. Do you remember that, that series against, it, got, was, it wasn't that, like, do you remember, we've had some games. I mean, somebody was seven acting, a couple times. Somebody was acting like it was, like, a, a shocking number, and I I didn't think so. You, you remember, yeah. was that last, last season? season? We got a seven. I know we got a seven. I'm trying to remember, was it last season or the season before when we played Miami where what did we score like was that game oh. like ten to twelve or something? It was just something. Yeah. I, I know which game you're talking about. You know which game I'm talking about. I don't think it was last year. Yeah, I mean we've scored I could be wrong six that, goals but... this year. No, I don't think it was last season either. Yeah, we've had a, a couple of six goal performances this season. I mean This this team seems to be you know, you talked about it earlier, up and down. It's streaky. They can they yeah. have the potential to score, obviously, you know, a lot of goals in a game. It comes down to can we prevent teams from scoring one more than we can score? You know, that is that is the issue with the team. I mean, you're not going to – that's one of the things that we've got to kind of keep in mind here is that, you know, since we've kind of entered conference play, and I know that this was a non-conference series, but we've had – trouble we've had trouble in our defensive zone yeah and you know when you're giving up i mean in october we did a good job minimizing our opponent's scoring opportunities it helps when you're playing 
Huntsville and Anchorage right. during that month. But, you know, in recent weeks, it's been three or more goals every game. And just odds are you're not going to win a lot of games giving up that many goals on a consistent basis. Right, right. And, you know, so Sunday we get Arizona State jumps out to the lead pretty early. One minute and a half into the game. Yeah. And I I remember thinking like, oh, we weren't playing great to start that game. And I'm thinking this is not going to turn out well for us. Uh, Taylor Ward ties the game about five minutes later, which is nice. Yep. Uh, and then it wasn't really a late goal. I don't know. Arizona State gets a goal. We go into intermission 2-1. What was your feelings at that point in time? Because I remember talking to people at intermission thinking, Cause we were, I, don't, I don't know coming. The second period is not usually our best period. Right. And we're, we're not playing we're, our we're best time. We're down two to one, and I didn't know. And especially when you looked at the second period on Saturday night. Right. And so it was there, was there was kind of a, and I don't know if you noticed this, but it was kind of a similar, there was kind of a similar kind of instance going on there, Jason, where the latter half of the second period Saturday night, Mm-hmm. We kind of struggled again, and we gave up, you know, some some goals. Yeah. I guess that would have been the first half, but we gave up, you know, the first two goals to Arizona State. Right. During that second period. So at that point, then, we were down 4-2. to two. Yeah. We got the equalizer... We played, I thought we played pretty even the yeah. first, you know, half of the second period. And then the second half of the period, second period, that second half of the game from there on is when it seemed to really kind of open up yeah. for both teams. Weiss gets a really good goal coming off of, uh, kind of coming off the wall. Uh, those people that are on Twitter know this. Like, I was really impressed. His ability to sell the fact that he was passing that puck was commendable to me. He was. Yep. He he had everyone, including the goaltender, believing that that puck was going to come into the middle and then just quickly, kind of a last second, just put a focus on the net and drove and got a goal. It was really nice. But then power play goal, unfortunately. Another For goal. Our what? nemesis, Johnny Walker. Yeah. Yep. And then, yeah, another goal like 10 seconds after that, it seemed like. That really yeah, it was the, that was that, and that's what I was talking about. They had another sequence where it was two quick goals back to back, and at that point you're like, you know, is it like ghosts of Saturday night? Are we going to deal with another situation where they right? And that's is this the snowball rolling? Yeah, right? is this the snowball rolling? And at that point we're down four to two. Yeah, and you're like, are they going to be able to come back and get it done? And they did. They got two goals at the end of the second period. The power play helped. Conley's yep. goal in the power play, I think, really kind of... It got us with one within one, and the guy said, you know, even if we don't get another one this period, we're going to go into the third period, only down by a goal, and we're playing well, and, you know, we can get this done, right? Yep. And then Chase Primo got the tying goal with less than a minute left. Yeah, and Primo had a good weekend, I thought. Yeah. I thought he looked and- really good this weekend. I think, you know, it's hurt us before where we give up a goal, a tying goal or a goal that puts the, the opponent up by by one late in a period. 
And it always seems to change that mindset coming out. And I think that that kind of hurt Arizona State as well because they give up that goal in the last minute of the second. Right. And then it just kind of, it gets away from them. Yeah, and, and they, they had the power play they coming the, in. They ended the period on the power play, so they came right. into the third period. And had most of that power play in the, in the third. They only had like 30 yeah, seconds it was just, or something Just a it. little bit, yeah. Right. And but Keck, Tristan Keck returns. Keck. Yeah, remember the shorthanded goal we gave up at the end of the Saturday game? Keck yeah. gets a shorty right there at the beginning of the third. And I really think that helps set the tone for the Mavs the rest of the way. Not to mention it's Keck. I we've talked about yeah. it on a, on a previous podcast. I'm like, every time he gets the puck, I'm like, oh, it's Keck. Yeah, there were a number last season. There were so a number of things. breakaway opportunities yeah. where it didn't quite just didn't go in. And so. he had him He had him this weekend. Yeah, he definitely did. I'm like, did. the poor guy. I feel bad for him because he does so much right. But he, he got the shorty so on that one, and that was great. That was fantastic. And you could tell yeah. that the team was fired up after that. Yeah, they really seemed to jump after that. They sure did. They couldn't get anything for a while. Because yep. it wasn't until the latter half of the third period where they started kind of scoring in a bunch. Yep. But that was, yeah, you're absolutely right. That was the momentum killer. And then at the end, you know, we got... You ended up with eight. Three more goals. Yeah, they pulled their... <laughs> for those that weren't able to watch, right? They they pulled their goalie with four minutes left in the game. That was, yeah, that was a great move. And Bridget always refers to those as, you know, a crazy Frank move. And so there's a bunch of fans who haven't followed the intricacies of this program for years. But uh, Lake Superior State coach Frank Frank Anzalone, and I believe it was one time when he brought one of his Lake Superior State teams here to Omaha back in the early, late 90s, early 2000s. I think there was a point, and they were like, we were up on them. And it was like maybe, maybe midway through the third period. And all of a sudden he pulls his goaltender. It was just like out of nowhere. There was all this time left on the clock and he pulls the goaltender trying to get something to happen. And so we thought he seemed crazy. I remember fans who had followed Lake Superior State said, oh, he makes those kind of crazy moves. So yeah, that's why we've always called that a crazy Frank. So there was a coach back in the nineties that did it. And I think uh, Dean Blaze. I think there were certain instances Dean Blaze was known for just yanking the goal out of there and doing that. I don't think yeah. it didn't happen much when he was here, but it might have happened mm, a little bit more. I don't remember Dakota. too much of that. Now I remember a coach, they were down by like a goal or two in the at the end of the second and had a face off in the zone and they pulled their goaltender in the second period. Kind of threw a lot of people off. Yeah, sometimes it works. One of those little surprise moves that if you can do it right. and get something to happen real quick. It might change uh, things in your favor. But, yeah, I was kind of surprised to see that happen. But he, Coach Powers, decided we got to find a way to get something done at this point. So so every game we do our player of the game. Player of the, or player of the weekend. Weekend. Player of the weekend. There are two games. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go with Taylor Ward. Okay. Like, it's kind of a, kind of an obvious pick for him. He had three goals on the weekend, I believe. Add a an assist or two to that. He had he had a uh, and a penalty. Uh, he had a pretty would, good weekend. Yes, and Jason would like to point out he had that uh, penalty at the end. Oh, well, made something interesting for fans there at the end of the game. You know, it's at least it was the end. It wasn't at a critical juncture. So yeah, three goal weekend. He's always a solid player. So he's one of those guys that you know. Week in, week in, week out, you could probably pick him, but I thought I'd give the shout-out to one of our 
best players, one of our best forwards, and Taylor Ward this weekend is going to be my player of the weekend or player of this. We got to come up with an official name for that. Yeah, we do. It's, it's, it's branding we call effort. It, here. We call it something different every episode. We're way off our game. So I'm going to go with Taylor Ward. We didn't talk about this ahead of time, so I don't know who you're going to pick. I don't know who you were thinking about picking. I I struggle with this one because there was a lot of guys that were on my list, right? I almost picked Chase Primo. I know statistically it might not have looked that way, but he had a really good weekend this week. Yeah. He had some great opportunities, and he's a player that I'm I'm just waiting to see him kind of come into his own. And I think yeah. I think he's that's going to happen as the season. Sullivan progresses. had a good weekend. He's and I'll tell you what, and, and we I, picked him before. I think you would agree. He's one of those guys. You know, teams need to have playmakers. And I think Sullivan's one of those guys. Doesn't he feel like the last few series, like he's one of those kind of like guy who can, you know, kind of create a spark and make things happen a little bit. He seems to be one of those guys who. Yeah. I remember when we saw him uh, at the Lancers game. And yeah, when he we was with the Speaking Lumberjacks. Before, yeah. That I was really excited for him coming because I really thought he was kind of the a missing puzzle piece. I think there was a couple things that UNO needed yeah. to really be competitive. And he fits a lot of those holes. We, we need some of those guys. You know, obviously it's about doing the little things right, right. playing the systems, but we need one of those guys who could make moves and do those kind of little improvisational things that you kind of need to be able to put you over the top in some of these close, hard-fought games. And that, that, that when, he, when we were at, you know, in the neutral zone on... Friday night, and he takes that goal in all by himself. And then he doesn't just go in and, you know, shoot it at the goaltender's chest, but he makes that little move. He goes wide in the net, and then he pops it in over the goaltender. That was a sweet, yeah. sweet goal. And that's what you need, and you need yeah. that kind of player. And I think, it's, I just think as, as the season progresses and the next few years progress, he's going to be really good. So, yeah. So he's yeah. a guy that we could probably have picked this weekend. He was one we could have picked. I think Weiss is one you could have picked because both games he was – probably i would say our best passer uh he gave some guys some great a opportunities especially on saturday's game yeah there were some uh, there were some great I, opportunities for him on saturday and i, I commend him for not getting frustrated because he was giving him some really good passes and they were i gotta ask you was that it. was that the was that the conley goal in the third where he had a pass on that because he had an assist yeah where he, he had, had the primary wasn't there, wasn't there like that yeah. it was just this like beautiful pass it was we were talking about that yeah it was a really like yeah, I, no, nothing to take away from Conley because I hate to you know steal some guy's thunder, thunder when he's thunder. the guy who gets the goal. But but man, that pass! Yeah, I like we were up there and Weiss makes that pass and I'm just thinking, what a pass! And then it's in the net. I'm like, thank God it panned out for us. Yeah, exactly. It seemed like that game, both games really. Like, Weiss was making some really good passes that just needs a finisher we said yeah, it last he, year he needs remember, a finisher remember and... last year it, there were moments where he just kind of seemed like he was struggling to yeah. kind of fit in and i think you know as time goes by he's figuring out what he needs to do and and he's... it's it's those it's those little it's just those little moments yeah when the the team needs a boost and we've seen it the past couple of series where he'll just take the puck coast to coast basically down the ice yeah and work to make something happen and it's we're starting to see those things happen and that's really exciting so my official pick uh, is going to be Timu Pokonen. And I, I'm doing this as... Timu a, had a, a great weekend, yeah. Right. I'm doing this as an apology. Not that he knows this, although he does... If Now, if he listens to the podcast, not that he probably listens to the podcast. I'm not going to you know think that anyone actually pays attention to us. Okay. Uh, 
But after he got the first star of the game on Sunday, and after the game, I thought, why him? I just don't, I didn't, he was quiet. I didn't remember. I knew he had some assists, but I just didn't remember. And I'm sitting so here. He and I'm sitting with, here looking at the box right now, and his name is all over the place. All over the place. Yeah. He had the goal. Like he had the goal, and I thought he played well. I mean, not great, but I thought he played well on Saturday, and he had the goal. You know, great. And then Sunday he comes in, and he is just. I didn't notice him until the score sheet, and I don't know why it is that he didn't stand out. To me, because he did so much in that game. Like, I went and back so and watched good video. Things. He's not always a player. He's not always one of those players that you notice on the ice. I, but he's, he's not flashy. He's like, not flashy, but he yeah. gets little things done. Right. That make a huge difference. And, and he's playing the way a veteran forward needs to play, play on this team. Right. And Coach talks a, a lot about players needing to play the right way. And right. I think that he deserves some recognition for being that player because he's clearly going out there and playing the right way he may not he may not draw your attention like the, someone the way else that, the way that like Weiss does when he like dangles yeah. the defenders and does that but he's he's been great and he's been yeah. solid and the thing about him is when he came in as a freshman this was a guy who was not like a highly touted recruit most and of our guys aren't right? exactly and he was part of those kind of recruiting classes a few years ago where everybody's like you know Dean Blaze has become senile. He stopped recruiting. He's not getting good recruits. And yeah, I'll tell you what, right. he has become a damn good forward this yeah. season. And he deserves credit because he that's does. what you need to see out of a guy. And I and I I commend him because he's really become a fine forward who's competing at a high level against some of the best programs in college yeah. hockey. So we, we should so, we should give Tame yeah. a shout out. So I I'm sorry for not recognizing come on you know, jason where jason wants to I, talk about tyler weiss's exploits every week <laughs> even if tyler has no exploits he's like you know did you see tyler out there this on weekend, the ice? But you know you just... <laughs> did you see tyler try to check that guy this weekend uh yeah who was about three times the size of him yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly kinda... it's always about yeah so we we obviously kind of focus on different uh well, we, we kind of focus on our fact because i focused on abate a lot early yeah. on in the season and you like Weiss and we've liked well, Sullivan, but Polkanen's yeah. one of those guys. It's it's kind of it's kind of like Zach Jordan. It's not always that flashy either, but he's made stuff happen the last yeah. few weeks. I think you know you you picked Ward, and I think there's a certain you know a handful of players that are really good players for the Mavs, right? That we just get as fans get focused on and don't realize, I think sometimes the contributions of some of the other kids. that are Exactly. Out. And so this was just my kind of like a apology because clearly, uh, you know, watching the game live, I didn't recognize how effective he was on the ice. Right. Uh, but going back and watching the video and the replay the of the game highlights, and, yeah. and looking at the box score and stuff, I just, yeah, he really, he played a lot of, of good stuff. He, he'd had a good, a good, good weekend, both games, which is really why yep. we do this segment is we want to find the, the, the guys that, you know, don't have just a good game, but have no, a but good have the, weekend. the biggest impact on the weekend, even on if they're not games. a guy who, you know, puts a lot of pucks in the net, right. somebody who's making a difference out there. Right. And he was definitely one of those players this weekend. I'm glad to see it and credit to the coaching staff for, for finding a, a good line combination for him to work with yeah. and, and, you know, really helping to kind of develop Definitely. these players. Speaking of the coaching staff, I loved it during the stick salute on Saturday night, which we actually had 
Paul Gerard's out there. And I, I think it looked like one of the players handed him his stick. So Paul Gerard did the stick salute. So props to assistant coach Paul Gerard for getting that done out there. I liked that. That was awesome. I like that. I, you know what else I liked? When the team came out and did its post-game celebration. Uh-huh. And I'm always leery of pointing this out too much because I'm like worried they won't do it again. But I remember a couple seasons ago when, when Coach Gabinette took over, he introduced... Kind of they they do their own little in locker room kind of player awards and right. so they he got helmets from the movie Top Gun he got you have a Maverick, Maverick and Goose yeah. a Maverick uh, helmet and a Goose helmet and so I can't remember what that's for. I think I think the Maverick helmets maybe for the offensive player and the Goose helmets for the defensive player or the the Goose helmets for the guy who's like you know assisting or helping I don't know what those are they don't publicize it that much but but the guys came out wearing the Maverick and Goose helmets for the post-game fight song celebration. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I, I enjoyed seeing that as well. Yeah. Because there were a lot of people that were around us that didn't didn't know about that kind of tradition that they have in the locker room. And, you know, it'd be interesting to was talk that, to Was coach. that Jones and uh, and uh, Polkanen wearing the helmets? Polkanen had the Maverick helmet. Oh, he did? Okay, so Jones had the Jones had the Goose helmet think so if i recall correctly okay so yeah but that was cool that they wore those out so guys if you're listening thank you so much for doing yeah. that because i think it's a cool tradition a lot of and people i'd like don't... to see them continue it right yeah like i'd like to see every every time they come out after a win let's see who's got those on and what a lot of fans don't remember the first couple seasons of uno hockey they came out to harold fulter meyer's top gun anthem that was that music would start playing slowly it's an awesome anthem i'm a as Jason knows, I'm big into 1980s everything. So the team would come out and then you would hear a recording from Top Gun and it would say, you know, Maverick, you are cleared to take off. You're cleared for takeoff, which was awesome. And then the team would skate out to Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. So there was a whole kind of Top Gun feel those first mm-hmm. few seasons. And I'm sure Coach Gabinette um, remembers that from his years, from when he was recruited in, and the first year, I believe he played in the 2000, 2001 season was his first season here. So, um, I could be wrong. It might've been, I think 03, 04 was Gabinet's last season. So that would be, yeah, 2000, 2001 probably. And I think they were still doing it then. So that was kind of a cool tradition they had. And so it's cool to see those helmets. So I was glad to see that. That's, that's a fun kind of neat, unique deal that they have. And so, but the, I don't know if you heard, but there were some people standing around us as we were waiting for the post-game celebration. What are people waiting for? What are they hanging out here for? So it's always fun when new people get to experience that. Cause yeah. I think it's neat. It is a, it is quite a unique experience. Yeah. Uh, so promo nights. Yeah. We want to talk about because news to all of us, it was ugly sweater night. Yeah. We, we'd seen that a little bit on social media and maybe on Facebook that they were doing a, a promo deal for the weekend. If you, came to the box office wearing an ugly Christmas sweater. You could get, what was it? I think $10 tickets maybe in the, the lower bowl, or was it $10, maybe $5 upper bowl? This I shows how well I, I, tickets, I mean, I have yeah. season tickets, so I don't really pay much attention. But Yeah, we don't want to get into that. <laughs> it wasn't really promoted as a, I mean, it was. I guess it was promoted kind of, but it was originally promoted as it was going to be video game night. Video game night, right. And instead, it I guess it just kind of veered into ugly sweater because you saw the cheerleaders wearing ugly sweaters. I think the right. guys in the tuba section they were wearing ugly. That that's one of those things. If they had had that on the like a like a master promo schedule that they give out early, because some of these teams like Ohio State hockey tells you at the beginning of the season what all of the promo nights are going to be. Right. If they had said it's going to be ugly sweater night, I think because a lot of people had 
ugly holiday sweaters, ugly Christmas sweaters on anyway. So if they had spent more time promoting that, I think more people would have dressed up, don't you think? Uh, Yeah, totally. I think that... Like, it's kind of a missed opportunity type of thing to me. Yeah. Because, and and maybe it's just a, I don't know, I'm spoiled, right? Like, a lot of the NHL clubs that play around the holiday season will have a home game where they have an ugly sweater game. Uh, and they might they might even wear jerseys that are kind of patterned right. to look so, like an ugly sweater and do yeah. like a little auction thing. Or so whatever. Colorado just did theirs, and I had friends that went to the game, and every year that's that's their game they go to. That's the one game that every year that they really like to go to. So they get the schedule at the beginning of the year. They see what yeah. night's the ugly sweater night, and they go to that game because at that game you can get the it's the only time you can buy it and you can only buy it at the game. So you'll never find it in team stores and stuff. Right. The official ugly sweater. And so they go to that and they get every year's ugly sweater and they have this collection of that's Colorado cool. Avalanche yeah, ugly that's sweaters. Fun. Yeah. And I'm like, here's a here's a way you need to make money, right? Right. Print a bunch of these ugly sweaters that have, you know, Maverick themes to them and sell them in the team store and the only time you can get them is Yeah, it would be cool to have a special one for that game. Yeah. You know? And it could be, I mean, if it's cheaper, you could screen print a, you could screen print a sweatshirt or a hoodie that had that, you know, ugly sweater pattern and look. I'm just yeah. saying it's the guys, you could do all kinds of things and it could become one of those commemorative things because fans right. enjoy that. I enjoy that. I enjoy and getting those things. And I would probably, I'm, my wife's going to kill me for this. I'd probably buy it. Like, yeah, I would too. And sadly enough, I would probably spend, if, I mean, if they did, if it's if they reasonable did a special, price. If they did a special jersey like that, yeah. I would get it too, because it's the type of thing that, you know, kind of those series between like Thanksgiving and New Year's, I would probably pull that thing out and wear it. Yeah. It would be fun. Well, and I would, I would probably get in the habit of my routine would be every year I wear last year's ugly sweater, right? Yeah. So every year I get a new one, and every, you know the next year that one that I just bought this year I'm going to wear next year. It'd be kind of a neat transition. Like it'd be I, crazy I how many people there would do it. I agree, and here's what I'll say: considering that this wasn't really promoted that heavily, I, there I were didn't a even lot know of until people. That day. Yeah, there were a lot. Of, my dad didn't know either. He's got like an ugly Star Wars Christmas sweater right. that like has little Christmas lights on it. He's like, oh man, I if I'd known, I would have worn, worn that. That's and he yeah. follows Mad Puck on Facebook and stuff. So I don't know why he didn't see that, but if they had. I mean, you and I follow that, but I didn't know it was like a really a big thing, but there were a lot of people wearing the kind of the ugly sweaters. Right. And that could become a really fun tradition. I thought it was just, I thought it was really cute that the um, cheerleaders wore it. I know at the basketball game, UNO basketball game earlier in the day, Darren Hanson wore like an ugly Christmas, like sport coat suit type thing. And the assistants wore ugly sweaters. So that's, that's So fun. are Let's you saying we were going to try to get Gabnin to dress in one of those? Yeah, we need Gabby to wear like, and I don't. He seems he's just he's such a proper kind of guy. I don't think he'd I don't do know it, that but, you could ever but convince maybe, him to do that. <laughs> maybe we could get him to do that. I don't. It would be pretty know. awesome if we could. I don't. Yeah, I don't, but at least awesome the you know at least the PA announcer and that down there, you could have the guys in the penalty box wearing something crazy, ridiculous. Exactly, and I think the guys make who, it an environment. Yeah, exactly. They could have, and and considering it was just kind of thrown together, it yeah. worked. Pretty well. So can you just imagine if you really pimp this type of thing? You know, obviously, like I said, we don't always have series this close to the uh, Christmas during the season, but there's there's going to be a series in December at there's home. There's going to be so, a series between yeah. Thanksgiving yeah, and Yeah, exactly, Christmas. where you like, can do and that. And that's the one you're going to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I thought that was cool, too. 
And you know I love talking about topics like this. And another topic that was brought up on the Mavpuck Facebook group was the font that they use on the video board at Baxter Arena. God, you guys are geeks. Oh, and, and here's the thing. You got all these people <laughs> on Twitter. You know, there's, there's you know, starving children in Africa. Why are you talking about this? And you want to know why I decided to put this on Twitter too? This is like a Christmas present to Mavpuck.com. These are the topics I love. I've tried so hard the last couple seasons. You know, Jason and I try to do this thoughtful analysis. And, you know, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to be more, you know, focused on the team, focused on the game. But you know what? I like fluffy topics like this. And you want to know why I like fluffy topics? Because they're fun to talk about and people enjoy them. And that's why I'm going to do it. Because the thing is, like, when we do analysis of the game, then it turns into... Well, you guys aren't uh, college hockey coaches right now, so why are you commenting? And then we have topics like this. You know, you really shouldn't focus on fluff like, you know, the fonts that they use. But here's why we're talking about the fonts. If you look at the numbers that are used on the scoreboard, and it's particularly noticeable on the game clock. On the, the, on the jumbo. Yes, the yeah. font that they use, the five uh -huh. is the exact same number form as the two that they use, it's just inverted upside and down, flipped yeah. around. And it looks like an upside down and inverted two. And it's really kind of distracting and annoying. And <laughs> the Facebook group, which the Facebook group is private, so not everybody's in the Facebook group, partly because they don't answer the questions when they sign up for the Facebook group. So we'll see if they're paying attention to this podcast. So C, that they know. the answer is C. Yeah, Bridget wants you to answer the questions. If you don't answer the question, she's not letting you into the group. Even if you're a well-known person that she knows and she likes, she won't let you into the group. But the number two looks weird, upside in down and inverted. <laughs> and so people will say, you know what, you guys talk about the team, but you're not a <laughs> hockey coach, so why are you qualified? Well, you know what, I've been a graphic designer for the last 25 years, I'm 47. That's, that's more than half of my life. I am qualified to talk about fonts because I do marketing communication and I have to deal with good fonts and good visuals all the time. And they need to change that font because we haven't had that font every season at Baxter Arena. They at least need to change the game clock font because it's, it's distracting. And I'm not the only one who's noticed this. I didn't bring up the topic. And the reason I didn't bring up the topic, Jason, is because everybody's like, why the hell are you guys bringing up those topics that waste everybody's time? And it's like, you know what? Because I do. So this was my Christmas present to myself. So they need to change the font on the replay board. It's not a big deal, but I think that there's there's probably a choice in the whatever the software package is that's that's running their replay board that they could do that would that would the five would be noticeably different from the two. It wouldn't just look like one that was flipped over and inverted. So what I take from this conversation is that they need to implement wingdings. Oh, yeah, you can do... You, there was... There's a movie called Helvetica, which if you're into <laughs> documentaries, you should watch. And the documentary Helvetica by Gary Hustwit, one of my favorites. I own the movie. God, I knew you were going to bring this it up. It talks about the development of fonts. Yep. And so there was this magazine called Raygun Magazine. And I can't remember the guy who was the editor, but they had done an interview with a musician. And the editor was like, this is the most boring interview ever. So... <laughs> His choice for font was to highlight it and do it all in Zaf dingbats, which basically are little symbols and check boxes and pencils and all these little graphical icons. Because he's like, yeah, if, if you, you could make yourself a key and you could translate it. But he's like, I didn't think it was worth reading. So I put it in Zaf dingbats. So, yeah, they could I'm, I guess they could really throw us off and put it in wingdings so that we got, you know, 
a checkbox or a little flower or a you know shamrock or something like that. But yeah, this is my pet peeve. So Jason's indulging me, letting me talk about this topic. But this is what I want to talk about <laughs> because we're best when we're talking about things like promotions and things like that because this is what Jason and I do. This is what Bridget and I do. These are the kinds of things we like to talk about. So as, as much as we're you know doing a yeoman's job of analyzing the team and analyzing the games, we need to talk about fonts. We need to talk about promos. And I think they have a real opportunity with this ugly sweater promo at the holidays. I think that that could be a good deal. I think that would be a, a pretty cool deal. Yeah. But, uh, and change the change the font on the game. And change clock. the font. Yeah. They could probably do that before the next. I don't think that, that, that would. Yeah, that would that would not be hard to do at all. So we're ready to talk about Maine. We're ready to talk about the Maine series coming up after the first of the year. We're going way out east. Yeah. What happened to that plane trip you and I were planning out to? <laughs> it's in January and we have to go to Minnesota. We're just, we've been foiled. We're just constantly foiled by youth hockey. Jason and his daughter's playing youth hockey. It's going to become, I'm really worried. See, I'm worried that one or the other of them is going to end up playing college hockey somewhere and you're just going to like move in like six years so you can go to the games every weekend wherever isn't that why we going. took the experiment last week so that <laughs> little do they know in like six years every podcast will be phoned in every podcast we're phoning it in from here on out when jason moves to wisconsin or wherever he has to move to watch i uh, know lexi play she said boston so Ooh, or harvard bo- so. oh my god We'll see. See, MIT does not have a hockey team, unfortunately. No, they so. don't. But Harvard's right right next door, so it's, yeah. Yeah, it's be fine. She'll be all right. It's an okay school. Be cool. You get to watch a lot of college hockey out there, but... Good. It, you know, they say, like, don't let someone who's addicted to alcohol into a liquor store, right? Like, you probably shouldn't let me live out there. Yeah, when we I were... I watch too much as it is. When we were out there for the West Regionals, a guy comes up to us who is a local there, and the regionals, this was the, this wasn't the West Regionals, it was the North or Northeast or whatever the hell regional UNO was in in 2006 in Worcester, Massachusetts, and a local comes up to us, and he's like, I'll tell you what, I live here in the Boston area, and he's like the number of games that I can go see between Hockey East and ECAC mm-hmm. and the short drive, man, it's great. We'd get to go to, man, if we were playing out there and... Your travel's not a problem No, you get to teams. go to a lot of road games. That'd, that'd be a lot of fun. Your road games aren't much of a road game either. No, it's like going down to Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So Your fans travel, it's nice. Yeah. This is our first matchup against a Hockey East foe this season. And we got one that I would say is pretty much on par with our Mavericks. Yeah. Record wise, we're eight, 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 eight. We're eight, eight, and two. They're, They're eight, 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 and three. three. Yeah. Yeah. They've struggled in Hockey East start of the season, had some success, faltered on others. Uh, yeah, they've been really up and down. They've been they've had some good series, and some series have not been good at all. So predictions, predictions for our trip out to Maine. It's been a long time since we played Maine. It's a long travel. It's a long travel out there. They it's are right on after, break. It's right. They're on winter break. 
They'll have gone home for the holidays. It'll be a tough one. I mean, I I think that it's a series that on paper you look at, it, and I think UNO can be very, very successful in this. It'd be fantastic if we got a couple wins on the road. But yeah. if you look at how we played, and I just want to you know give the team credit for getting splits in the last two series because those were tough series against really good teams. And I commend them after a kind of a tough November they got back on track the last couple weekends. So uh, good on them. And I think we're going to go out to Maine. And this is a kind of an odd deal because we play at 6 o'clock Eastern time on Friday, and then we play at noon Eastern time on Saturday. So you've In got two to, different places. In two different places. And it's it's going to be a weird kind of turnaround for the teams and i it's you know we talked about the four o'clock start for the game on sunday against arizona state this is going to be weird playing at noon i'm going to say that we split the series i think that'd be a great i think it i'd have no problem starting off you know the meat of the nchc schedule here in the second half with a nine nine and two record i'm just ecstatic that we're eight eight and two I think that's been a great way to start the season, basically 500 for our team. I'm going to say that we win Friday night out in Maine and we lose the noon Saturday game. And I know Saturday's kind of been our it's kind of been our day this season, but that's that's what I'm that's what I'm going to predict happens this season. I'm on the same page as you as far as a split. Okay. I just I have a hard time this evenly matched seeing us come away with the sweep it could happen i mean we have two good games and you you certainly could uh you said they're gonna win friday right yeah see and i think i'll go the other way i think they'll win saturday they'll win that noon game on saturday okay i think they'll they always seem to struggle you know getting their legs under them and getting a feel for everything that first game after the travel so hopefully the short road it is between the two the two different ranks don't affect them. But I'm going to go split. I'm going to go lose Friday, win Saturday. And I think that's, yeah. And like I said, I think that's a, that's a pretty safe type of prediction. UNO has been, the one thing UNO has got to work on is consistency. They've shown flashes. And as Coach Gabinette said in the Saturday game against Arizona State, he thought it might have been some of the best hockey that they played this season. They are capable of, of doing some great things if they can just put it all together. And that doesn't mean locking up and playing tight because that's not going to serve them well either. But if they can put things together, I think they'll do really well. If if they can play the way, if they can play against Maine the way they played against Arizona State, yeah. I don't see Maine having the capability to steal that first game. I don't, I don't see, yeah. Them. Yeah, I think they can sweep them too in that instance because I don't think they yeah. have the talent that Arizona State has. And I also don't think they have the talent that St. Cloud has. Even if St. No. Cloud is down in the NCHC, they don't have the talent that that team has. I don't know that they even have the talent that Miami has. I'll tell you what, this is an opportunity for UNO to make a statement. If good things happen and they do find a way to sweep that series, you're 10-8-2 and two going into the second half of the season. That is fantastic yeah. for this team. And at that point, you would have played four good games in a row. Yep. So you you get back into the NCHC, you know, really feeling good about how you're playing. Yeah, absolutely right. So hopefully they can go out there and get it done. It should be exciting. 
And you're going to be in Minnesota, you said, for youth hockey? Yeah. That's too bad. So we'll See, we to... totally could have gotten together for that 11 a.m. game you were here. We could have recorded the podcast, got that thing taken care of, and boom, we would have been ready to go. But Well, it's the third, right? It's the third and the fourth. Actually, we might... Let me look. Calendar. We might actually be This here. is one of those moments. See, I threw Jason completely off. Now he's looking at the calendar on his phone. We threw off the you know rhythm and the vibe we had yeah. going there into our final segment. Yeah, we are here. You are here? That's that's the one weekend in January we're here. Okay, so, so we may talk about that. May. Jason yeah. may have other plans. I don't know. Maybe he's maybe now he's thinking about driving out to Maine and seeing that series. But I hope that the Mavs do well and I'll just wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. Yes, and Merry a Christmas. Happy everyone. New Year and and I hope you get everything you want under the Christmas tree. And I'm just looking forward to the second half of the season. I'm always happy to get the holidays out of the way and get back to work and back back in the flow of things and in the meat of the NCHC schedule because I think the guys can do some good things this weekend. They've just got to keep playing well and taking advantage of the opportunities that they have. And I wish them a very Merry Christmas too. So until next time, follow, us, follow Mad Puck on Twitter, follow Mad Puck on Facebook, follow MadPuck.com, the website. Follow all those things. Go Mavs. Go Mavs.